Nathan Wallace, well known to many of us now, New Zealand's leading neuroscience educator focused on child development and how the brain works, joins us every fortnight. It's a very, very good afternoon. Nathan. Kia ora, Nathan. Kia ora, Kora. How, how are you, mate? Good, good, good. Yeah, good. Good to hear. Mm-hmm. Uh, Nathan, actually, just, I don't know if you heard the news headlines there talking about vaping. We had a big chat yep. about vaping. How bad is nicotine for young kids, do you reckon? Oh, it's, I mean, yeah, nicotine's not the carcinogenic element in smoking, so, you know, it's not as bad as a lot of people think. And it is a naturally occurring substance. You know, nicotine is in olives, it's a little bit in potatoes, it's in the cocoa plant. So we have receptors in our brain for nicotine. But anything out of balance like that that can be associated with addiction and feeding addiction, I mean, the teenage brain in lots of ways is sort of susceptible to addiction because it's wired up for pleasure. So it's probably not a good thing, especially right. for adolescents. Yeah, yeah. Okay, good to get your thoughts on that. Okay, well then we'll start with that. Someone has texted us and said, Hi Nathan, my 13-year-old girl seems to have a very bad habit we can't break. It's very much like addictive behaviour towards getting on the internet. Any device left out or at grandparents' place, she sneaks off with and is straight onto YouTube without any regard for house rules or guidelines. Middle of the night, you name it, she's on it. She doesn't have a phone because we don't trust her yet. Where to next? There's no regard for any rules. Yeah, well, that's a bigger problem there than just the internet, isn't there? That the fact that the child is sort of operating without boundaries. So, um, yeah, that probably requires a bit more of a quick answer, really. When they don't yeah. look at why she has no, why they have no authority, and is there, you know, yeah, I'd be talking to them about putting in place clear, consistent, predictable consequences for things that aren't cruel or punishment based, but just encourage her to realise there is a consequence to actions. And I'd also, you know, put in a reward system for her. If she loves um, YouTube so much, then, I mean, a lot of kids are watching YouTube and it is probably a part of their life and it's not something we can eliminate. So I would set up a behaviour system that she gets that as a reward. So she earns the right to go onto YouTube. So she doesn't have to sneak behind, you know, closed doors mm-hmm. and be deceptive, but she's allowed to go on it once she's you know earned these rewards through her behavior that's interesting that's why we love having you on the show Mm. nathan we do live in a world and i'm sure you've heard the phrase um wokeism and stuff many times there does seem to be a push around the world now for kind of like a lack of consequences for bad behavior and i'm not even sure where i sit on Mm. it but the the, taking away punitive measures do what what do you think about sort of punishments for for poor behavior in whatever form i think I've probably got a more radical view than other people. I'm not for it at all. I think if, if you couldn't do it to your spouse, then you shouldn't do it to your child. An abusive wow. relationship's an abusive relationship. So if, if it's not okay to lock your wife in a cupboard for one minute of every year of her life, then it's not okay for the child. <laughs> you know, um, I just think it's not, you want to have high quality relationships and absolutely they have to have consequences and take accountability for their actions. But oftentimes when people use the word consequence, they are just replacing the word punishment for consequence. Um, whereas I think kids have to know how to repair their mistakes. They have to go and take accountability. They have to repair it. They have to take the steps to repair it. But that is different from just a blind punishment that says, I'll take away your cell phone because you, you know, that had something, nothing to do with the cell phone use. Then it's just so a punishment. Does, so how does that work? Relationship. How does that work though in reality, Nathan? Genuine question. Like if, if you've got yep. a, and you know yeah. teenagers can be quite obstructive, they can be quite offensive at times. So let's say that yep. they, let's say they sneak out of their room. I'm just thinking hypothetically. They sneak out of their room. You've told them not to. They go yep. to a party. They come home smashed out of their brains at two in the morning. What do you do with that? If you say yep. you will stay in your room, you will stay inside and they say get stuffed. Yep. 
It's not, I mean, probably my answer is not going to sound that different from a punishment, but because there is a consequence, but it's a consequence that I'm not doing with anger and like a sergeant major, I'm doing in a supportive way with a child going, I am your parent, it's my responsibility to keep you safe. If you sneak out the window in the middle of the night, um, then I'm not keeping you safe. So I might well um, put an external lock on the window so that that can't happen again. Um, right. I'm going to take charge of that behaviour and keep them safe by saying, well, that, but we can't have that behaviour. And then I would say to them, okay, so clearly you want to, you know, you're doing this, you want to go out. You think you're old enough to go out, let's discuss that. What, what are some of the boundaries? And I might then, you know, sit down and negotiate with them, they are allowed to go out, but I'm going to pick them up at nine o'clock and I've got to talk to the parents beforehand and I'll put in appropriate boundaries for it. So um, meet the need. But I'm still essentially putting a lock on the kid's window and not tolerating the fact that they sneak out. But I can do that without being punitive and threatening them. That's why I make sure I add on that part of also sitting down with them and saying, okay, well, let's talk about this need you've got to go out. I understand you're, you know, getting age, you're social, you want to be with your friends. I also need to keep you safe. So let's talk about how we can come to a win-win situation with that. And now Very I'm helping good. them and supporting them because they are a teenager and they are going to go out. But I don't want to get into battle with them and be the, you know, and be at war with my teenager. And I think doing punitive stuff is just going to encourage a war. And um, and you know, yeah. If you like, I just think it's how punitive is too punitive. And once you start being punitive, you've got to follow it up with more punitive. So right. I appreciate there are sometimes situations where you've got to absolutely play bad cop and you've got to sort of dip into a wee bit into that 1980s stuff. But I just want to stay away from it as far as possible because I just know from past experience, there was once upon a time when we thought it was okay to say, I don't really beat my wife. I just give her a little hit so that she knows, you know, the difference between right and wrong. I don't mark her or anything. <laughs> so that's fine. And, 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 and we know we're, we're abhorred by that now, but people could mm. say that about their kids and people are like, oh, mm. right. But actually, an abusive relationship's an abusive relationship. Well, you know, mm. um, we used to think it was all right to do it to women. Now we kind of think it's all right to do it to children. I think in the future, we'll look back and go, I mean, I look back at doing time out with my kids and putting them into a space that they couldn't get out of for one minute of every year of their life and they had to be quiet until they come out. Absolute power and control, I can see now. Well, it didn't do my kids any favours, but at the time, I come from a generation that said you should smack your kids. So I thought mm. I was being incredibly progressive, not smacking my kids and doing time mm. out. I look back now and go, huh, yeah, m imagine if I used time out on my wife, I'd be arrested. <laughs> like, um, so I see, I, you know, and I see with my grandchildren how my daughter um, doesn't need to use any of those methods. She sits down and she explains things and, and it's a bit more in time intenser, but I think uh, she gets a much higher quality relationship as a result. So. Very I'm good. Joined by Nathan Wallace, neuroscience educator. Uh, thank you again, mate, for your time. It's just great yeah. always having you on. Now, it's Mark is on the line with a question. Hello, Mark. Yeah, hi there. Um, I just rang up because I've got a I've got a daughter who who I found was quite um strange when she was a kid. I.e., when we'd play um, snap, she'd actually try and smack my hand harder than I could. Um, and I realised I had to sort of back off, but. Later on, as uh, about five or six, she was diagnosed with a thing called ODD, Opposition Defiant Disorder. Mm -hmm. um, yep. And I actually, I actually found that putting, making her doing timeout actually worked. But um, yep. is there any other ways you know to sort of treat, treat children with that sort of disorder? Yeah, I think like when you've got someone who's like neurodiverse like that, I've got to say I've been diagnosed with the same thing, ODD, Opposition Defiance Disorder. When they told me that as a child, I didn't really believe it. I just thought, oh, that's just because I won't blindly do as you people tell me to, because <laughs> you're all idiots. Um, but I, so I thought they just made that disorder up. It was only really, um, you know, as an adult, that when the coffee machine displayed to me 
um, clean the machine and I get this defiant reaction about being told what to do. And I thought, oh my God, that's a coffee yeah. machine. Maybe there is something going on there. You know, the, I don't like being directly told what to do. I think it's different, Mark, with um, when you've got neurodiverse children and it's got to be put in context. Using something like time out for a mind like that can give her exactly what she needs as long as it's in the context of an overall loving, caring relationship. You know, if you're the sergeant major type of parent that doesn't have a good communication with your child, doesn't, have, doesn't share good memories with them and does time out, then it's abusive. Whereas if you're a loving father that has good communication and because of her neurodiversity, she needs a clearer, simple message that you've explained to her and she can predict it's going to happen and it seems fair and it's non-abusive, then I think it's fine. I think there's, it's hard to put one hard, fast rule for everybody. And with opposition defiance disorder, um, she probably does need a really, really clear boundary like that. Very good. Just before James gives you the next question, on that, Nathan... Again, I'm, mm-hmm. I'm not. I, I, we might be similar ages, you and I, but I definitely have noticed there is ODD, there's ADD, there's ADHD. Yep. There are so many disorders out there. Now, I, I'm yep. really not being flippant or facetious here, but no, no, do I, we yeah. do do we think there's almost like a name for everything now? And have we gone a bit far Just with about. that? Yeah, I think so. I mean, in some ways it's handy that, that when I say I've got ADHD, people have an idea of what they're talking about. Um, mm. It wasn't called ADHD when I was a kid, it was just called hyperactivity. Um, mm. But, you know, my, my grandmother would agree with you. She, so there's always been that personality type. <laughs> we used to just call them, we used to call them boys' boys because they were incredibly active and didn't sit very still. And yeah. now we'd frame it as a disorder. And I do think it's not a disorder, it's a disorder. You know, it's, it just means that it's less than and it's bad. I see my ADHD as a superpower that really helps me to achieve and be successful and I think it's a it's a real gift um, but so it's re- really how you frame it so I think I think you're right there does seem to be a, a name and a label and a disorder for every type of character trait but you do get people that cl- you know cluster with those things and they are neurodiverse they are a bit different so it can be helpful to have some type of label that helps us to know where this person's coming from I just don't like the use of the word dis because it's not a lesser than it's just different it's not not less than very good. Yeah, it's funny you mentioned, or interesting that you mentioned that you uh, had ODD, opposition defiance disorder, because I have a mm-hmm. daughter who had it, and uh, she's right. now 27. She's the most amazing woman. Um, yep. But yeah, not surprised. She was hard work when she was, you know, twelve. Yeah. <laughs> I think I think sometimes really the best people are hard work. You know, it's yeah. like we spend all of our life. We want our kids to be special and be who they are, and then we spend all our time trying to make them yeah. be compliant and normal and do as they're told and follow the and be a sheep. Um, yeah. But I think you know yeah. the most interesting adults I know were, you know, kind of difficult kids. They they walked their own unique path. Yeah. I think, you know, oh, you well, can come true. out on either side of that. You can end up in prison as a result of that, or you can end up, you know, being hugely successful and helping to change yeah. the world. Oh, nice. Yeah. Uh, Texter asks, um, I've got a teenager sending nudes on her phone. How do you punish that type of behaviour? She's 14. Yeah, I think we have to put it in context because that's really shocking to us. I mean, you know, when I first come across this, it's like I could not imagine doing that as a 14-year-old. And I was a really naughty 14-year-old, but I just could not imagine doing that. We have to put it in context that it's kind of normal for their generation. She's 14 years old. It's been normal for quite a few years. So for a lot of her coming into adolescence, that's a very normal thing to do. So I'm not saying to allow it or accept it. 
but maybe don't overly freak out about it to give her, you know, um, bad messages about her sexuality and stuff. Um, I would just take a line of staying calm, saying that it's not appropriate and it's not something that she's allowed to do, and that um, as a result, you know, we have to keep her safe. And it, it can be a really unsafe thing to do. And I would explain if she was my daughter that, honey, I need to look after your 30 year old self and not just your 14 year old self. So I need to consider what your 30 year old would say to me, not just what my 14 year old is saying to me. And I don't think your 30 year old wants images of you as an adolescent naked on the internet that people can use and, and exploit for the rest of time. So I have to protect you from that, honey. So, um, so you know, we're putting nanny net on and, you know, I get access to all of your texts. And I mean, I always had it with my kids that I told them, I told them straight up, don't think you have privacy. That's an illusion. You don't. It's my job to protect you. I will see everything that you do on the computer. I will see you're not allowed to have a password on your phone that I don't know because you don't have that privacy from me. I'm your parent and I need to monitor that. Um, so yeah, That's good. That is then. really good. Yeah. That's really good you say that because we were the same with our kids. We said anything that comes in on your phone, we, if we wish to, can check it out. But let's yes, say that, that's that right. now that's a, that's a genuine text question that's coming about their teenager, their 14-year-old sending nude text. So let's say you, mm-hmm. you do what you've just suggested and you said, yep. honey, I love you. I'm fearful of your future. You've got to think about your 30-year-old, et cetera. Et cetera. And then yep. she goes, let's say this 14-year-old we're talking about, then yep. in two weeks sends another five nude text. What do you do then? I'd say, oh, honey, we talked about this last time and I thought we had communicated. Maybe I didn't listen to you properly because um, clearly, you know, that's it didn't, the message didn't get through. Um, I, you know, I, I want you to be able to manage your own life and I want to help be able to help you manage your own life. I mean, that's the goal of parenting, to support you until you're, you know, 18, we have to say, but it's really about 25, and you can yeah. um, look after yourself and support yourself. Um, right. But as part of that is, you know, I feel like I'm failing a bit because we had that talk last week and yet you've continued to send those nudes. Um, you know, I don't want to be punitive and I don't want to have power over you. I'd like to do things together, but if you're not going to discuss these things with me, I have to basically utilise my power and stop that. So it may be that I have to take, actually take access away from her from the internet because it's too dangerous for her. But I wouldn't do it in a punitive way. I would say that, you know, this is something that you earn and, a, and a, it's not a right, it's um, a privilege that you have. And it's a part Very of the good. world and you need to learn how to use it, but it's my job that you know how to use it appropriately. And if you're, after a discussion with me, continuing to send nudes, you clearly don't have the skills yet to use it appropriately. So it's like an apprenticeship. I have to take you a step back and take over right. more control. So yeah, Nathan, now you're only allowed to use the internet in the lounge, on the computer, where we can see it and we can look over your shoulder. You're outstanding, mate. Thank you so much, mate. We need four hours. All the best, Nathan. Uh, Cheers, mate. Thank you.